Welcome in, Kiora, to a, another episode of the Podfathers, Slam Diego Padres podcast. On tonight's show, what we got Wednesday, no, Thursday. Gosh, we had Monday off, so I'm a little jacked up today. Uh, Thursday, June 22nd, recording after the end of the Giants series here. Uh, we got Garrig on the pod, newcomer Garrig. How is it what going, up? my friend? It's good, man. Um, thanks for having me on. It's nice to discuss the Padres. I mean, maybe not nice right now the way they're playing, but <laughs> outside of the barbershop uh, when I'm cutting your hair. And uh, <laughs> now I'm on the podcast. So thanks, dude. It's fun. Yeah, I know. It's Well, I try to make it like once a month. Sometimes it goes uh, maybe once every six weeks or so. But like it's literally just us talking about the Padres for like the entire half hour. So yeah, just thought like might as well have you, have you pop on. So appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you coming to my barbershop. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Yeah. Happy's barbershop Happy's... loves having you in there. <laughs> yeah, dude. That was uh, just like a little background before we get into this Padres stuff. I actually ended up going to see you when you were an apprentice at Pappy's down by SDSU. Dude, I and... can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, it's been that was a good mm, seven it's years, ago, eight now, years ago, dude. Yeah, yeah, almost eight. Yeah. yeah, that's scary. Gosh, um, getting <laughs> yeah. old over here. It's, I'm older and fatter now, dude. <laughs> we probably both used to um, have more hair and we were more handsome. So I was just about to say you're cutting less and less of it every single time. So <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> they I have a mirror. Yeah, and I have a mirror behind me every day, and so sometimes I'll like catch myself. I'm like, dude, is my hairline in the corner still? Is that where it used to be? I think it's all right. You know, I stress <laughs> out too because then other people are stressing out about it all day at work too with me. Oh yeah, no, and that's that's me. I'm I just got some new hair supplements. I'll uh, I'll let you know. I gotta look yeah, keep, up exactly what they are. Let yeah. me know because people are always asking. Plug it. Right? Yeah, we'll get them. We'll get them up in the shop there. If uh, get get a little cut for the for the barbershop there but you should you should build a Padres for this because of the way they've been playing lately too this probably <laughs> either Dude. rip your hair out or lose your hair yeah i need an insurance policy against them they've been i'm literally using losing years off my life the way that they have been playing in the last Dude. well and we'll we'll get into that too that's on the agenda tonight this the inconsistencies with it uh but yeah well uh before i send us on like a 15 minute tangent there i guess i'll just i'll give <laughs> yeah. the usual I'll give the usual update here. So where we're sitting after the the giant series, uh, we're 36 and 39. Can't quite get over that 500 bump there. Uh, but man, we're, we're mighty close, uh, nine and a half games back of the diamondbacks. So that lead has grown since the last time we recorded here a couple weeks ago, diamondbacks are on fire. Um, they've continued to be, they kind of remind me of the giants from a, a couple years back. And then we're also five and a half games back of the wild card. So that gap is widened as well. A lot of sneaky good teams that are starting to, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even it was a pretty more, more muddled. Um, we're looking at the Marlins coming up. The pirates have kind of held strong. The NL central is getting a little bit stronger and the giants as well have come, come good. The reds have been on a roll. So that's going to, yeah, that came out of nowhere. Season. Yeah. Like 11 straight wins or something like that. So um, but I mean, five and a half games back of the wild card. Are you getting a little bit queasy, a little worried at dude, this point? Or yeah, I didn't want to cut you off, but as soon as you started talking about the wild card, mm. um, because that that was the thing that uh, you know, I listen to the Padres radio every day on my way to work, and um, 
out lunch and stuff too. And they were talking about gaps getting closer, but you know what? We got the Giants this week. If we can put the series, if we can take three out of four, you know, we'll gain some yeah. ground on the NL West. We'll gain some on the wild card. And it was like, dude, it didn't go worst case scenario, but it was three, four, uh, three fourths yeah. of worst case scenario. Yeah. 75% of yeah. the way <laughs> to the worst case scenario. <laughs> I and think- it's like, dude, I was going to say with the wild card, you know, there's, it's not five teams fighting for the wild card. It's Mm -hmm. like, dude, there's like 10 now, you know, Mm -hmm. and a few of them are going to fall off, but there's going to be like still five or six teams plus us still in the race in like August, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. So I, I was just going to say in terms of like where we were Four days ago after the Rays series, we win the series against the literally the best team in the MLB. And you just think that we're going to finally, you know, round the corner. Here we go. We're taking off. And then boom, Giants, like you said, they take the first three. We're sitting. If we had lost today, it would have been a much even. I mean, that's baseball, like just that much more somber mood just in taking in like a four straight L's to the Giants. Um, so collectively the season series is split three, three, just because we, we kicked their, their ass in Mexico city there. Yeah. Um, so that's one positive because it's literally this year, I've just been trying to extract positives out of this team with, uh, how badly we've been performing, but, um, yeah, just in terms of that, we got, we also outscored them this series, 19 to 15. And we lost three or four. So that is just a perfect microcosm of how the, the season is going here. So not only did we outscore them by four runs in the entire series, but we didn't even split the series. We lost three out of four. So. Yeah. Um, what's tough yeah. is like watching this series and knowing that you could have won every game. Oh yeah. And, and yep. It's just that, you know, not that you're cutting me off or vice versa, but just, yeah, I mean, you could have won every game and instead we're walking back three out of four uh, losses, which is just almost the worst. Yeah. And I think that's been almost every single loss this year, which is making it that much more frustrating. Like if we're getting blown out, like six, nothing, seven, nothing, like you feel crappy, but just the way we lost like the first two games of the series too. And the way that we've lost, like, I think we're like, three and 12 or three and 13 or something like that in terms of it's not a very good record in one run games. We're own six in extra innings. Like we're just for whatever reason, when the going gets tough and we're right there and can win it, we find a way to lose. So yeah. hopefully we can flip that. <laughs> the thing that bums me out too. And it's of course, it's always magnified when you lose these games, when this stuff happens, but it's the bonehead mistakes. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, Fernando getting the leadoff double and then getting thrown out to like third. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you doing? You're the fastest guy on the team, or if you're one of them, and you have a leadoff double with Soto up behind you. Yeah. And and even in the um the uh race series, um Soto getting thrown out stealing third. Yeah. Like just don't ever steal third. You don't need to. You know, and there's yeah. times where it pays off and we're like, yeah, cool. It's exciting. Fernando's the, the best. He's the most exciting. But when you get thrown out, you just look like a fool because it was so unnecessary. Yeah, I know. And I I feel like them because Manny got thrown out. I think it was like yesterday or today even uh, from trying to like tag up on 
a fly out to left field, like the little things that we should be doing, we're not right now. And that I think is because they're trying to press a little bit too much because like a running and scoring position has just the woes have continued. So they're literally just trying to do as much as they possibly can. And in doing so, they're making these bonehead mistakes that are just compounding over the course of the season so far. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you can remember each one because it was a big deal. You know, Fernando, uh, I think didn't Soto Homer right after him. That was, that yeah, game, he did. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, it makes it feel less bad. And, you know, you can never say, well, maybe they would have pitched. You can always say maybe they would have pitched to him differently. You wouldn't hit the home run, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day is he did get thrown out at third with no outs, the top of the yeah. first, like it just, you know, it changes it. Yeah. You know, and then, then you see him score on that, like wild play where he stole second and went off his knee and then he just (laughs) like goes straight through his stop sign and scores too. And so it's like, Fernando's going to Fernando, but we got to know that like Manny and Juan and those guys that are not these, they're amazing players, but they're not the freak athlete that Fernando is like, don't yeah. learn from him because he can do these like insane things like tag up on a pop flight a second base a few years ago against the pirates where like Nelson Cruz can't do that. Like don't get Nelly Cruz running <laughs> like Fernando can. Dude. Yeah. Don't even get me started on, on trying to squeeze uh, Nelson yeah. Cruz home. The yeah. Other day. yeah. That was, that was a bit rough, but um, no, I think, yeah, it's kind of just come back to that, like pressing point um, the batting, Thought, we thought out of all three of our areas in terms of offense, defense, and hitting, uh, the hitting was probably going to be the one at the beginning of the season that was taken care of. Then defensively, we were going to see how Cronos going to do it first. You know, Fernando's going to do in the outfield. There's a lot of question marks there. There's a lot of question marks in the bullpen. Um, actually, not so much in the bullpen, but more so question marks in the bullpen, but question marks in the starting pitching side of things. So far, the hitting has been the Achilles heel to the squad, and it continues to be. We're batting 231 overall as a team, good for 25th in the majors. So, you know, more than bottom half of the league. We're in the bottom 25%. 320 yeah, on base percentage. No, it's it's insane. 320 on base, 17th in the majors, 397 slugging, 20th in the majors. Um, Soto is, or sorry, Tatis is actually leading the team with a 281 average. Um, have Soto up here on the agenda. Tatis leading the squad of 15 home runs, Soto 909 OPS, and Soto 69 hits. So, based off of the the individual guys there, Fernando and Juan have really taken off, especially in the month of June. I know Fernando before the series started was hitting above 400, and he's about there still. Um, in the month of June. And Juan has really picked it up in the last six weeks too. So um, in yeah, terms of, right. Yeah, no, he, he was off to a super slow start. We didn't have Fernando Manny was banged up. I mean, luckily Xander got off and running and he's really come down to earth and then even more so. Um, yeah. So in terms of a, of a batting standpoint, I mean, what are, what's your overall feelings just from expectations beginning of year to, to now where we're at? Well, it's a bummer because you thought that it was like, uh, and I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but all the things <laughs> that we thought we needed to improve this off season, we kind of didn't really do much of that. You know, I yeah. think every Padres fan wanted uh, better catching, better catching depth, um, better bench depth and pitching, right? The hitting mm-hmm. was going to come because we had Tatis coming back. 
we had Cronenworth, who I know he's struggling right now. Um, uh, Xander's struggling right now. Um, anyways, but back to what I was saying last season, um, you know, the hitting was going to come around and the, the stuff we needed to fix, we didn't really address. We signed more hitting, which was mm-hmm. great. But, but um, you know, we thought maybe we could bash our way, score 10 runs a game. And if the pitching only gave up five, we'd be fine, you know, and it's the opposite right now where our pitching is doing pretty well. Our bullpen, obviously the last few days, not so hot, but um, the hitting is just like, maybe that's what it is. We, we signed a bunch of power hitters and nobody's hitting consistently for average. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the answer. I don't know what the formula is. It's going to make us instead of scoring 10 runs and then zero, Give us like five every day. Yeah, no, let's let's spread the wealth here. I know that's. I was telling one of my coworkers that was a, a Giants fan. Um, he's like, dude, what the heck happened this series? Because he doesn't watch the the Padres often. I'm like, this has literally been the entire year. Like, I guarantee you, we'll score two runs tomorrow or two runs on Saturday or something like that. To where you know, it's just it's insane how inconsistent we are. It's just that's kind of been the the mo of of the entire year. And when we invested so much from a hitting standpoint. You thought that we'd be doing a little bit better than where we are. And um, Kevin AC, I don't love him as a reporter, just even just being, he used to be the Chargers beat writer, all that stuff when I was a Chargers fan back in the day. And he's always kind of had a negative outlook on anyone that he's covering. Um, but he posted a, a really good, uh, snippet in his article of that others have shared since then where it shows the pre-2023 season runners in scoring position average for every player and then the 2023 season running running is runners in scoring position batting average for each player as well in like the next column and only Rugnet Odor had a better batting average this year with runners in scoring position like there's two things with that and let me know how you feel on this too. One that can't continue in terms of just regression to the mean. Like you, you can't have that. Um, or number two, the approach is just completely off. And apparently it is just showing throughout pretty much the entire lineup other than Odor. So I don't know if you think that is possible or if there's anything else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how, bad we are with getting guys in do we'll get a lead off double and we can't get the guy in we no. can't even get him to third mm-hmm. and that's what's hard is like strikeouts obviously they're the worst they don't they're not even productive out which it's obvious we can we can talk about that all day long yeah. um um but just you know even guys just a, a deep ground ball will get you know, the guy from second to third and then a fly ball will bring him home. Even if there's two outs, a wild pitch could bring him home. Yep. Um, you know, you have to get a hit and it's just like, dude, like what is the issue? Is it, is it the approach? Yeah. Like you were saying, is it the approach at the plate? Are, are we, are we, are we not adjusting? Are we over adjusting? Mm-hmm. Knowing that there's, you know, a duck on the pond that we got to get in. Um, I don't know. It's baffling. And I think if if anybody in the Padres front office knew, it wouldn't be happening anymore either. Yeah, because it's a good just, point. It's, yeah. it's so ridiculously, it's consistent um, how yeah. 
poor they are at getting runners. It's like that's the story of the team. Right yeah. Now. No, and I think like kind of to circle back to like guys trying to steal a third right now, like Fernando's trying to do that because he doesn't trust that he's gonna come in. Like he's been he's yeah. leads off the game with a double with a single stolen base, and he's like, dude, I'm stuck out here. So I might as well try to get to third and score on a wild pitch. Like that's what it's like coming down to, which is insane. Yeah. And the tough part is, you know, I, I don't know if it's just me or if I'm just like, you know, kind of seeing what I want to see, but it seems like Melvin doesn't even trust the guys to do that kind of stuff too. Like yeah. you had, um, uh, was it Nola who bunted to try and get uh, yeah, Nelson Kimmy Cruz in? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. um, was it the, the squeeze where Cruz got thrown yeah. out or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was like, okay, we don't trust nola to hit a, a fly ball deep yeah. enough to so get to the run 43 year old down you yeah you want nelson cruz on a safety squeeze with nola who i don't know how he is at bunting but like you'd rather him bunt which i, I don't know if i've seen him bunt very often at all um you don't trust him enough just to make contact yeah yeah I yeah mean, like that again a a deep mm-hmm. a, a deep uh ground ball in the hole out ground out or a um a fly ball like we'll a mild up. fly ball yeah and yeah. that's that's a good point yeah i don't think like bo mel in certain instances is not trusting his guys because they haven't proven so far this year that they can do that so he's trying to get creative in like literally sending a 43-year-old man sprinting down the line. Like, I don't think that's going to work work out too well nine times out of ten. Yeah. But, yeah, so the one good thing, though, that has been uh, happening as a team, other than defense, is the pitching. Uh, we have a 374 team ERA, which is good for fifth in the majors. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yes, solid. 16th in the MLB in strikeouts. So, we're not like living and dying by by the strikeout in terms of you know where our ERA is. Our WHIP as a team, our walks and hits per innings pitched is one point two two, good for fifth in the majors as well. Um, so collectively as a unit, uh, both bullpen and starting, we've been much more consistent than the hitting side of things. So that's kept us in the season for sure, and especially two guys, one in particular that's just blown up in in the last um, couple of couple of starts here. Uh, is uh, Blake Snell, but in the Michael Walker has been leading the team with a 290 ERA. He leads the team in wins with seven. He leads the team in whip with 105. And then Blake Snell leads the teams with 104 strikeouts and a 203 batting average against. Um, so I guess we can kind of kind of jump to those two guys right now because I think without Waka absolutely just blowing everyone's expectations out of the water. And Snell becoming like Cy Young, Snellzilla again here in the last six starts, uh, we would be in a much, much worse position right now, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's pretty exciting to see. I mean, you know, there was times last year where Snell finally turned it around and um, pitched well, but like the game against the Rays where he struck out, was it the first five or six batters in yeah. the game? Mm-hmm. Um, and the first like six out of eight or nine outs were all strikeouts or something like that. And, um, you know, it's good because I love Blake Snell as a character, as a guy on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he just like if if I had to be friends with someone on the team, that's who I want to be friends with, you know. Oh, um, and yeah. so you want to see him do well. And it's kind of a bummer, you know. It, I don't know if they're going to resign him after this season, so I'm trying to uh, enjoy watching him pitch and enjoy his kind of his, his antics and stuff um, while we can. But uh, yeah, it's it's exciting as for the team, but just the fact that like the guy who he is, I, I want to see him do well. Yeah. No, and you and you know the potentials there. You know the stuff is there. I mean, that's where, you know, and when whenever he does well, Don and Mud have him on the broadcast, and he just he you said it perfectly. Where like at any guy on the team, like I'd want to be friends with him just because of his personality is hilarious. Like it just looks, it looks like he wants to have a camera in his face at all given moments <laughs> of the day, just so he can be him and yeah. like share that with the world. Um, like he streams his video games, like when he doesn't even need to, you know, like he's just, yeah. he's a total personality. And now that, that old Snell, that second half Snell that we're used to is like, came about really in like in May. And in the last six starts, he has a 0.5 ERA, a 0.83 whip. He's allowed only one home run. And in 36 innings through the last six starts, he has, 56 strikeouts and 13 walks. So yeah, the key crazy. out of all of that is the walks, because if, if Snell is walking guys, that's when he gets into trouble. Pitch count goes up. He starts pressing a little that. bit. His pitch and, count has been the issue yeah. for, for yeah. so many of his last few starts. Mm-hmm. And you if you look and it's, Oh, sorry, not to cut you off. Just say, you no, look yeah. at 80 something pitches and it's like the fourth inning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like over those last six games, he's averaging six innings a game. Like, and that's, that's what we want to see from him. The couple of those yeah. games, he went seven and he hadn't what done you, that he in pitched, a while. He threw in six today, today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was, was awesome. And he was under a hundred. It was 95 pitches. I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. No, today in the, the win and look at out of the four guys that pitched in the entire series, he got the dub. I mean, Waka had a good Waka had a good game. Mustgrove had a good game, and then uh, Darvish did too, except for that blocking rule that is absolutely <laughs> yeah. egregious. And-, and I was gonna say, I think every <laughs> every starter, which is which is promising, right? It's it's yeah. everybody got on the mound and just threw. Yeah, they you know. I was just, I don't know if we can cuss on this, but yeah, it was so good. It made me want to say, you know, they freaking, they freaking threw, man. <laughs> um, and even, even Darvish, you know, that was the end of the inning. I think that was a big momentum thing and big momentum swing. Yeah, and Tatis put the pistol back in his, in his holster. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't know if that's part of the talk right now. We, we got Walker oh. to talk about, but yeah. yeah, I think that really uh, sh- threw the momentum kind of, to the other side, or maybe even just killed the vibe that uh, we had going. And Darvish just, he, he looked a little rattled after that. And that's what he gave up his runs. But other than that, he looked great. Yeah. No, if you eliminate that, that one play, then our starters probably give up a combined six runs over four games. I mean, you can't ask for, for much more of that. So again, yeah. that kind of, that comes back to the hitting, but uh, Snell, yeah, today went six innings, three hits, no walks, 11 strikeouts with, yeah, you're spot that's on. That's the big deal. With 97 pitches. Yep. Okay, 97. Yeah, that's the thing, dude. Those walks, like, uh, say, two weeks ago, that's what was killing him. The pitch count went up, um, and he was getting pulled in the fourth, fifth inning, you know? Yeah, exactly. That was, like, kind of the first 
four, five, six starts of the year, it was like he had a battle to get through. <laughs> the old uh, yeah. Jace Tingler analogy here, he had a battle to get through five innings. And now <laughs> he's going through six. He's reached seven. Yeah, he's he's been absolutely rolling. So if we can keep him keep him moving here, uh, that's been fantastic. So he's kind of been a little bit of a push lately for a potential all-star guy. I think he had a little bit too slow of a start to to officially make it, but I talked about it on the pod last time. I think Michael Waka 100% deserves to get an all-star spot this year uh, without a doubt. He is currently fourth in the majors. I'll just run through his nat- sorry, in National League rankings. Fourth in earn run average. He's tied for six in wins. He's second in whip. He's seventh in batting average against, and he's fourth in war. And since May 1st, he's first in ERA with a 0.91 ERA. This is, and again, I gathered these stats a few days ago, so they're a little bit old. Um, But second place is uh, Gonsolin from the Dodgers. Actually, he's a 208 ERA, so it's more than twice as good of an ERA. Tied for third in wins, first in whip, first in batting average against, first in war. So Michael Waka has been on an absolute tear. He had an amazing game against the Giants, too. We just happened to blow it late in the game, too, bullpen-wise, like you mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, so out of those two guys, they have been just insanely crucial that um, throughout the entire year. And then um, we were talking about this before just because we got curious in terms of, you know, what does his contract look like? And you looked it up, and he has – um, an option which Preller loves to do with a lot of these contracts. Yeah, got a uh, a what was it a successive option or? Yeah, I think it said uh, sixteen million a year mm-hmm. uh, for the next two years. Um, yeah. We can That's pick right. up, or if we decline it, he can pick up the option for the following two years for uh, I think it was five or six mil a year, maybe six and a half, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So. If which he's he's pitching like a 16 million dollar pitcher right now, I think that might be a little bit high, but it just yeah. So, and we don't have the we can't just pick it up for one year. We we saw that, yeah, you have to do it for two or nothing. So, if we don't pick him up for two years, then he has the option based on how he's pitching right now. I would say that he's probably gonna, you know, not want to take the second part of that option. He can get more money elsewhere, but maybe the Padres would pick that up. He's getting a little bit older. But uh, ultimately, he has been an absolute star, and I think he deserves to be an all-star for for this squad this year. I don't know if you agree on that, but um, seems. I think, all, yeah, I'm biased. I think all our players should be on the all-star team. Um, but yeah, man, he's one of those guys that I think going into the season, every I don't want to say he was like fringe to make the starting rotation. Yeah, you had. I mean, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. If you're going to say something, I was just going to say. No, no. I'm agreeing with you. I think fringe is like he would, he was pretty fringe, like pro- kind of a lock, but not really. Like he was like a probably our fifth, fourth, fifth starter. Like I think it was guys like him, Lugo. Yep. Uh, Waka, Lugo, and uh, Nick Martinez, and yep. someone else. And in there. Weathers was like in the mix a little bit. Weathers kind was of, yeah. starting. Um, yeah, in spring training, we were like, okay, who's going to get, you figured Lugo was pretty much a lock and then who was going to get the last spot? Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, because, uh, <laughs> that's right. Joe got hurt. So then 
Martinez was in and whether it was in and Darvish started a little slow. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it was a weird start to the season with the was, yeah, was super but, uh, long story short, I think he's, he's just, I think we're very happy. We got a lot more than we expected out of him. Um, I think he's hitting, I think the height of what we we're hoping we'd get out of him, we're getting it right now. And that's totally, mm-hmm. that's all we can ask for. If he, if he walks at the end of the season, then, uh, then okay we got him that's yeah it was it means that he did good for us yeah no that's a good point yeah if we're if he's like absolutely not doing well at all and we decline his option he's like oh yeah i'll get paid another 12 mil 13 mil <laughs> next two yeah. years like um uh, it's it's good to have that that problem going forward that's a good point so um but yeah i just really wanted to highlight those two guys and you know just to kind of continue with that that all-star talk i guess i know i'm jumping around here a little bit on our agenda wise um i think that with the pitching it's a little bit different because like the teams and the coaches and the commissioner and stuff they elect a lot of the pitchers i know there's like a fan vote too for some pitchers like at the end too um all in all MLB voting for the all-star game is an absolute mess. (laughs) I don't know. I can't follow it half the damn time. Um, But just to give a a quick refresher here for everyone, uh, this is how it kind of works. All-star voting uh, works with each team gets one player per position and three outfielders that they can basically name to be eligible for the first round of voting in phase one after that closes, which it just closed today the two with the most fan votes at each non outfield position and the top six outfielders advance to phase two, uh, the winners of the phase two ballot become the all-star game starters. So, um, I think it's actually the top four outfielder positions, not, um, the top six because Fernando and Juan just missed out, uh, (laughs) to this right now. Uh, it was Corbin Carroll, Acuna, Lourdes Gurriel and Michael Harris, the second that ended up getting the top four votes there in the outfield. So not a single Padres position player made it through um, at least in the, in this phase one. So with that being said, the, the there's a combination of players, managers and the commissioner's office selects like the reserve. So we're going to have more than just one person most likely representing us, but collectively, are you a little bit, uh, a little disappointed to not see at least one of our outfielders sneak in there. Yeah. And I guess you could have arguments for every single one. Why? And I think the the guys themselves would probably, you know, say, yeah, I had a slow start or, you know, the Soto had a slow start. Um, Tatis obviously wasn't able to play for a month. Yeah. Um, Machado's had a slow start. Uh, Bogarts was looking like, worth every penny Lava. to start the season. And then uh, I don't know if that wrist injury is barking at him now, but he's fallen off. Um, Cronenworth is not hitting up to his potential. Um, Kim, I love Kim. He's, he's, he's being Kim. I think he's yeah. doing all right. Um, but he's not going to win any all-star uh, starter positions. Um, and then Nola, uh, you know, again, good guy, but no. Um, Sanchez, <laughs> hasn't been playing long enough. So I'm yeah, I'm the only one I'm disappointed in because I think um haters are gonna hate is Tatis. But yeah. I get it at the same time too. I think it's very fair if you say, okay, hey, he missed the first month. So yeah. Yeah. No, I'd I'd say that like 
he definitely in years past he would have picked up a few more votes just based off of his like his suspension from last year to this year too so um i think that's hurting him a bit i still think that i mean which i'll i'll ask you this here now i think him and soto still make the all-star team based off of you know this who gets selected like after the the fan voting uh i'd say michael waka is gonna make it and then i'd probably say hater as well and then i'd say those are probably the four guys that i have on there kim i would love to make because he is top five in war this year he's number one in defensive runs saved he is an absolute maniac on the defensive side of the ball and he's a above average hitter he's about average to above average he plays three different positions wherever we need him we send him out there and he's a gold glover wherever he goes so the yeah. problem is he just doesn't have those sexy offensive stats that people that are voting for other people you know other teams guys see just because if he's hitting like 250 with like six bombs and you know then he's not going to get a lot versus they don't show the defensive metrics and it's not the again that sexy part of the game but I'd love to see Kim there. But ultimately, I'd say Fernando and Juan make it. Haters in there. And then also Waka. Um, if Blake Snell has another couple good starts, maybe he sneaks in. But ultimately, those are my four. Do you have a, kind of a short list right now? I'll just say I think um, specifically as far as fan voting and what fans around the league and what the MLB probably wants to see. Um, yeah. As far as pitching goes, probably Hater because he's um, big time. You know, yeah. everybody knows he's like the top dog. Um, and then as far as hitting, I think if you have, I think Tatis and Soto both get in. Um, mm. Just especially for the fact that Soto won the home run derby last year. Yeah, um, Tatis has just he looks like. Uh, you know, once Tony Gwynn uh, turned into, turned into like a Gold Glove right fielder, yeah, he he was like, okay, I got the hitting thing down. Hitting's easy now. I got to <laughs> figure out fielding. That's like what Tatis is doing now. He's like, okay, um, you know, I'm an all star. I can hit, and uh, I'm not playing short anymore. Let me go try and figure out how to play right. And he looks like he's doing that now. Yeah. So I think I think both of them get in, um, and at least one of them will be in the home run derby, if you ask me. That's a good point. Yeah, I think um wouldn't be a bad thing for well Juan would might want to defend his crown. Um, so they have to invite him, right? They have to. I feel like so he would just would have cool. to turn him down, I guess, to not be in it. Um yeah. Fernando he seems like the type he wants to go defend it, you know. Right? Yeah, I think he would. He's young enough. Like he the one thing that I feel like would maybe discourage him from doing that is he did get that like quote unquote like home run derby curse, you know, yeah, like I, I afterwards. Say that too. Yeah. So maybe that discourages him a little bit. And maybe he just goes, Hey, Fernando, everyone used to love you and everyone's going to love you again. Why don't you go like put your name on the map again? I don't know. You could have two. You usually don't have two guys representing from one team. I would love to see one of them. That's, I didn't even think about that, but that would be. There's got to be yeah. one of them in there. I would love it. Just, you know, even at the risk of like, okay, yeah, after we got Soto after the Homer Derby, he wasn't himself, right? But being able to see a Padre in the Homer Derby 
Um, no offense to Will Myers, but it wasn't the strongest showing the last time we had a Padre in the Norman Derby. And um, I can't recall another Padre before Will Myers that was in it. Can you? I don't think so. I know. Um, I remember like Rondell White was like, he had a lot of home runs Rondell. the year he got elected. Shout out Rondell. <laughs> but I don't think he was in the home run derby. No. And I specifically remember Will because I went to that in person. That was yeah. highlight of my life. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I don't recall. That's what, I mean. Giancarlo Stanton at the, his peak was at that, that home run derby. He, it was unbelievable. But I don't, I mean, Correct, but like I know you're looking it up right now, but I don't see in my brain deep in the depths of these cobwebs any uh any other participants. I'm sure there's something like way so, back in the day, but... I'm looking it up now. Shout out to uh Friars on Base. Um they've got on their website it says 1985 Steve Garvey. Oh, there you go. Um I wasn't allowed Gary to... Sheffield and Fred McGriff in '92. Okay, give, oh. give me a break because I was born in '91. I don't recall. I was um, born in '94, so dude, swimming somewhere. I mean, now I'm daydreaming about that tandem. Um, gosh, man, could you imagine we had that modern team right now? Um, yeah. And then 2009, Adrian Gonzalez. Oh, aside from Will Myers. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Adrian was in there, and he didn't even make it out of the first round. He didn't do so hot. So, but. Uh, if I know it was a long time ago, but Gary Sheffield, Fred McGriff, both on the same team, who knows? You could have two guys from yeah. the same squad on there. You never know. Yeah. Get the so, duo. I'm probably more excited actually now about the Horn Derby that you mentioned it than the all-star game anyways. So it's more of just like a symbolic thing. Like your team's doing well, you get yeah. some all-stars. It's, it's cool that we probably are going to have like more than one again, which had been a thing for like 15 years in a row. Yeah. It was like, we only got the, got the vote because like everyone has to have a participation trophy and have a, have a player there. But I just want to see uh Brown and gold, Brown and yellow on yeah, the center stage, you know, let's do it. Yeah. No, so I think we could see Soto with a, with a Brown and yellow hat up there. That'll be yeah, yeah. Because the home run derby, you do get more of that like spotlight, that limelight of individuals, obviously like performance. So, no, I'm I'm pumped about that. Yeah, if I'm gonna I'm gonna if I had to put some money on it, I'd probably put Fernando. Um, I I would say Soto. So we're but you'd say Soto, yeah. Just because he won it last year, that's the only reason why. (laughs) That's right, dude. (laughs) Um, No, I think I think. I think that's a good point. No, the fact that he won it last year, Juan's a competitive guy, man. He's going to want to defend that. Um, he snatched it from the goon, Pete Alonzo himself. So um, if that's what it takes to defend him getting it again, then I'm I'm all for it. So, uh, And, you know, it would be really cool, lastly, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next thing here. But uh, I know I was mentioning, like, Blake Snell with how insane of, like, a run he's had recently. If he could get into the all-star game, which he might get a couple extra brownie points for this, just being from Seattle and it being in Seattle. Um, that would be really that. cool for him to be able to like represent, you know, obviously not the Mariners representing the Padres here, uh, but to be able to like go to his hometown and have a bunch of family there. And I'm sure he'd be a, a crowd favorite for sure. Um, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. So maybe that, maybe that's something that has kind of like shifted his, uh, his sights and motivation a little bit. You never know. But, Dude, I'm all for I'm all for that. Um, 
you know, good story, feel good stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Dude, after um, seeing, because I went to high school with uh, Joe Musgrove, Joey. And, uh, his older sister. I didn't know Joe. Uh, I was buddies uh, with his sister. And um, we were a couple years older than him. But um, seeing like what that means to his family and also uh, like mm. me as a fan and knowing like of them, you know, and and I knew who they were. I remember when Joe got drafted, yeah. we were like Tara's little brother. That's yeah. I don't I don't remember him being you know a big <laughs> big guy is going to go tear it up, but uh, you know it's he did, and it's so exciting. So for me, knowing that any of that kind of feel good stuff like yeah. that, like yeah. I love it, especially for baseball and and, and hometown kids playing. So uh, it would be awesome if Snell gets in. So now I'm going to say yeah, stuff the ballot for for snell now now that i know yeah yeah if we can just anything that we can do to get snellzilla in there he deserves it and he can go have his family be super proud invite all his friends and all that would be that'd be pretty cool so um yeah all-star game home run derby looking forward to it. it's coming up it's in a few weeks i can't believe the midsummer classic will be here it's in a like two weeks actually um, we better be above 500 when it hits i'll say that yeah and i think we got the the nationals we have the pirates and we have the reds. So if you asked me like three weeks ago, I would have been like, Oh, we're steamrolling through there. Now we're going yeah. through the pirates who are crushing it. Um, nationals are the nationals and the, the reds have only won 11 straight. So, um, we, but Hey, you gotta, you, to be the best, you gotta beat the best. And apparently the That's reds right. are the best right now. And so are the giants. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and win that get above 500. We'll be feeling good. Um, you know, a couple other things that I wanted to, to point out just real quick, uh, injury and, and, uh, just some moves, just the update here, Morahone's back on the big league roster, as I'm sure that we saw with a lot of you saw, but he went, he had about four, uh, appearances in triple a had a one, two, nine ERA was crushing it down there. I thought he was, well, first of all, when he got hurt in spring training, I thought he was done for the year. And then when he was coming back, I'm like, oh, we can expect him in like September or maybe late August at like the earliest. And then it was about a week ago. I tweeted out just an update in triple a of how he was doing. And I was like, he's going to be big for us down the stretch. And apparently the stretch is now because he's back <laughs> and he came back, had a good inning uh, yesterday uh, against shut down the entire one, two, three, no problem. So if we can get a 97 mile per hour flamethrowing Southpaw back uh, and fulfill that potential, I am completely for it. Uh, very yeah, happy. What a to good see surprise back. that was to have him come back this really. Yeah. And just, just when like our bullpen looked like it needed a little bit of help, uh, they had been nails through the month of May and pretty damn good through the couple weeks in June, like getting some reinforcements back would be fantastic. Uh, Suarez through his second bullpen um, and he started throwing breaking balls this time around. So that's a, that's a big, it doesn't sound like that big of an improvement, but anytime you have elbow inflammation or swelling or whatever to start twisting that arm, um, that's some good positive progression. So hopefully I think I saw that he'll probably be back in July at his current rate, assuming that there's no setbacks here. So getting him back will be absolutely money because losing that first game, we didn't have Martinez, Wilson and Hater. So if we can, you know, mix in a Suarez there, then yeah. that would be nasty. And Absolutely and two nasty. on days where like they don't want to use Hater because he pitched two or three days in a row. It's like, okay, Suarez, you're the closer tonight. Perfect. You know, 
Cause we don't yeah. have anybody else that's like shut down stuff like that, you know? No. Yeah. Like Luis Garcia. As yeah. Good times, as he was right. Last year. And this year yeah, it's, it's just, just not it. It's just not. Dude. I know. I, I, we're in our like preseason pod. We were trying to, you know, say who we thought was going to be do good and who's going to do bad. And like my guy thought was going to regress this year was, uh, was Garcia, unfortunately. And I hope it's he can prove me wrong. Yeah. No, I you put like, that out in the universe. I did. I know. So hopefully he can, he had a good outing today. So hopefully he can prove me wrong by the end of the year. We got, a, we got a good amount of games left, but, uh, Pomeranz is another one that's still on the shelf. We're just going to pay him probably 4 million, 40 million bucks here for like, absolutely no reason he's never done anything for us ah man it's a bummer because the he's such a good pitcher when healthy but i'm not expecting him to be back uh i literally put an ellipse after his name in this update i was just just looking at dot 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 i think he's he's a goner might just have to eat that contract and then um seth lugo is back from the il corresponding move was that we designated uh nabil chrismat for assignment so he has to go through waivers and then he can accept our minor league offer he's probably going to opt out of that uh but nabil was probably one of our best pitchers for a good three four months last year in the bullpen when we needed some help badly he was the band-aid for a while so i'm always going to have a lot of love for nabil um and i wish him the best assuming that he doesn't resign with us but uh, out of any of those, you know, updates or guys or whatnot, does it does Nabil leave in kind of stand out to you? Is getting Seth Lugo back? Is it Suarez? Is it Morhone? Who, who are you most excited about or most sad about? If it is, Nabil? I think everyone is. I mean, Morhone is exciting um, because I remember even a few years ago talking about, oh, we got this kid Morhone coming up, and then he gets hurt, and uh, Tommy John, right? That's what he was yep. out with. Um, and we weren't sure if the Padres were going to run him as a starter, as a reliever. And uh, then he gets Tommy John and um, or comes back from Tommy John. And uh, we'll see. It's mm-hmm. it's awesome because the potential of the ceiling was so high. Um, so it's exciting, especially for any young young player or pitcher. I just, I just want to see him be able to have a career, you know? Yeah. Um, Suarez, same thing. Dude, I mean... I think last year opening day, I was like, who is this guy? This guy stinks. <laughs> and then, you know, he yeah, blew it uh, against the diamondbacks that, uh, yeah. opening. Day, I hate, yeah. I hate for him. And I don't know if anybody's ever even realized this, his first, <laughs> his first and last appearance for the Padres last season were pretty heartbreaking. They were, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know if point. you even realized that yet. Um, no, but everything bookends. in between was money, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, so it's exciting knowing he's, he's working towards a comeback. Pomeranz. I don't know, dude, if you, if you ever hear this sign with us for league minimum next year and like try and just, oh, you owe us a little bit of something, Literally, dude, please. Yeah. Because if you're good and you're going to go get paid, you know, a, a chunk of change by someone else, I'm just, I'm offended. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and Seth Lugo, um, I don't know. It might even help us that he's going to have less, less going to have less innings on his arm yeah. come uh, September, October. So it sucks because Chris Matt is DFA'd to make room for him. But anytime I start feeling bad about stuff, I just remember, you know what, dude? If you were, if you were 
just shoving you you and you know if you were playing well you wouldn't have to worry about it yeah and it sucks because i like the guy and yeah, uh um, wasn't performing but it's a results business dude they always say that and i guess that's where we're at now yeah no it's a great great points for sure i think um that's a good i love that if he can just like sign league minimum and just give us like five innings <laughs> like yeah that would be amazing um but yeah, and then I did see too with Seth Lugo with a lot of um I know uh Pitching Ninja, he's got a huge following on social media and he does a great job just breaking down different variations of people's pitches. He does a lot of overlays where like he'll show, you know, like say like you Darvish throwing like a fastball and throwing a splitter and it looks exactly the same, but here's like how it breaks. He does he's been doing a great job for a while, but uh he broke down the uh the movement of Seth Lugo's slider. And while Seth Lugo was on the shelf on the, the injured list, he added like five inches of like horizontal movement. It's like a little bit out of my league in terms of, you know, what, how effective that is, but he literally went, got injured, worked on his slider and came back. So to your point about not having, you know, some as much like tread wear on the tires, uh, especially because yeah. he hasn't really been a starter recently. He's been more of a bullpen arm and then to work on the slider too, then that could be huge for this team going forward. Just a little refresher there. So, yeah, because you want a guy like that. If, if he's not in your top three starters for the playoffs, if we make it there, I hope so. Um, that's a good guy to have in the bullpen. Um, Definitely. Or even waiting in case, you know, one of the, one of your top guys starts and he gives up six runs in the you know an inning and two thirds and yep. you, you need someone to go out there and pick up the slack it you know it's good to have somebody like that he can throw more than one or two innings you know yeah and I think that's kind of how they structured this team too like starting pitching wise it's a great point is like they have Martinez and they got Lugo who are pretty much like the same type of pitcher to where they can be starters and they're like good formidable starters but they can be nails in the bullpen too so you're you're getting the best of both worlds throughout the regular season and then come the postseason like you said you kind of rest on your your big three there which we kind of have figured out assuming no injuries take place um we really have kind of four vying for that position actually right now which we'll we'll see you know there's there's a lot of time left and again assuming that we can actually make the playoffs but um i think the composition of the roster from aj was you know if we got a martinez and a lugo like you said they provide length they provide experience they can slot into a starter role if we got injuries you know they're gonna be pretty much lights out in the bullpen so um ultimately good to see him back sucks to see chris matt go but good to see good to see seth back so um hopefully that'll hopefully that'll shift some of our uh inconsistencies here i know we have that as like a like a straight bullet point that was like the main talking point but we've kind of just gone over that that's the uh as the pretty much the the episode of the or the title of this episode i might actually make it inconsistencies but there you go but uh last thing i think before we kind of get get wrapped up here i know we're approaching that that famous hour mark that we think is going to be about a half hour here but uh something that i wanted to bring back on the pod that i haven't talked about for a while is just a minor league player spotlight so uh, every episode, what we're going to do is is pick someone that is having either a stellar year or a stellar couple weeks or whatever it may be, and just give them a little bit of a, a deep dive um, on the pod here. And so for, for this one, we have uh, Alec Jacob. He is currently in AA uh, for San Antonio, right-handed pitcher, mostly out of the bullpen. 
this is a couple days old, these stats, but through the 2023 season, he's gone 22.1 innings pitched, is a 0.81 ERA, 2.27 FIP, a 28.7 uh, strikeout percentage, 5.7 walk percentage, which is very, very low. Usually league average is about 9 to 11 typically, and he has a 52.7% ground ball rate. Uh, meaning that he's a ground ball pitcher. Usually, again, that that's roughly in the low 40s at the MLB level, at least in terms of, of ground ball rate. So he's pretty high above that. Um, so he's a, I'll bring up his uh, player profile here too. Um, he actually, just to give some updated stats, he went two innings today, one hit, four strikeouts, no walks to bring his ERA down to 0.74 for the year. So he's been doing even better since we yeah. compiled these stats. But he's a uh, 16th round pick in the 2021 draft out of Gonzaga. I love the MLB draft. He's overall pick number 490. <laughs> uh, doesn't give a whole lot. Uh, he doesn't throw super hard. His average velocity right now is about like 92, 93. Kind of a Michael Walker-esque style of pitcher if you're just trying to make like a really easy comp um from a lot what of some scouts had said um but co- collectively in the last couple of years in his in his minor league career he has you know you think okay he might just ha- be having a good year you know sometimes that happens for for guys they just go on a run in his career in the minors which has been a couple of years now he's progressed nicely 71 games uh 1.69 ERA 101 innings pitched, 135 strikeouts, 1.01 whip. So collectively, he's putting together a pretty good resume down in in Double A. And there's a couple other guys too that we're gonna highlight here coming forward. But I just wanted to you know get this segment rolling again. And and Alec Jacob is our uh, minor league player spotlight of the week right now, having an absolutely phenomenal year. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get promoted here to Triple A sometime soon maybe even reach this uh, big league ball club if we got some some uh, you know injuries or what what have it coming up later in the year. So uh, anything you want to want to add to that, Garrig? Um, uh, I'm just excited to see kids from the farm finally start coming up because we haven't seen a minor league product in so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously we have guys coming up like Weathers and Kinnear and stuff like that doing spot starts, but yeah, um, but not crushing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no telling, you know, whether he is either Jacob, um, you know, but just I want I'm I'm looking forward to seeing younger guys climb the ranks. And uh that's something that I feel like we've kind of been that's like the if there's anything that I can complain about with what the office is the front office is doing, because I'm grateful that they're trying to win. Um yeah is the and not that they're doing anything bad i'm not even talking bad just it's exciting seeing a young guy come up through your system and we haven't been able to see that yeah. in a while so no i, I definitely keep an eye on them yeah i think the the development like just to continue what you're saying has definitely been an achilles heel i think the the ability from aj and co to spot potential is very very high level, high percentile. He's one of the best in the business to do it. I think developing guys is not one of his strengths. And we've seen a little bit of improvement recently, but what his kind of whole thing is get that talent, identify them, sign them or draft them, and then trade them for MLB level 
players or that have already been, you know, they're ready to, to go. I completely agree with you. I would love to see some more internal in-house guys rise through the ranks. Like this is Alec Jacob. He 2021 draft pick. He made his debut uh, in the like low rookie ball in 2021. Then he went to Fort Wayne when it was low A. Then he went to Lake Elsinore last year. He was in double A and then he sniffed triple A for like a couple starts, a couple games at the end of the year. So just seeing some guys like literally rise through the ranks and then start contributing at the major league level. Uh, I think it's long overdue and I'm really excited to see that and doing some research too. There's some guys in especially double A. There's a couple guys in triple A, but a, quite a handful of, of pitchers, especially in double A that are probably going to be on this, this little segment, but completely agree with you. I'd love to see some, some internal growth here uh, from yeah, the it's uh, exciting, top to the bottom. Yeah. So just know, Alec Jacob, if you're listening to this, we're rooting yeah. for you. And it's we're not rooting uh, for everybody in the Padres <laughs> minor league system. We want you all to be as good as Fernando Tatis yep. Jr. Yeah, or Alec, if you're a pitcher, a, whoever. Pick up a bat, <laughs> Alec. You're gonna start yeah. a mashing bombs here. And yeah, it's, uh, if you're if you're a fielder, just just be as good as Fernando. And uh, <laughs> if you're a pitcher. Um, you know, be Nolan Ryan out there and uh, we'll call yeah. you up. And yeah, yeah. For everybody. And we will love you. So that's right. You want us to love you. Um, his last, his name is also not Alec uh, Jabob. I spelled that wrong and Garrett printed out our agenda here. So <laughs> good to see you. I, you I got corrected. That corrected. Yeah. So, um, Jabob, huh? But, but uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it's exciting to watch. So yeah, yeah. I like that you brought the uh, player spotlight back. So. Yeah. Unless everybody yes, else man. says that they don't, but <laughs> my opinion. No, I'm going to keep it going. I was, we were talking off air before this and I, uh, I was saying I've always been just so involved in the minor league baseball at bat app. They have it just like the MLB at bat app. Uh, when the Padres were awful, I was on that more than I was the MLB at, at bat app, just because I was so interested in, what young guys we got who's coming through the ranks, like gives you just like a little bit of sense of hope and like something to do. And we sucked so terribly bad <laughs> yeah. back in the day. Um, so we haven't really had to worry about that too much with how we've been recently, uh, not in terms of this season, but the last couple of years we've been, we've been better. So I'm getting back into that. And then, yeah, just like, like to see guys come through the ranks. So yeah, there were some see dark that. times for sure. Yeah, and, uh... for sure. I don't know. I know we're wrapping this up, so I won't go too far of a tangent. But <laughs> maybe this is – are we done? Maybe this is a good way to, to wrap up for <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, just, man, it's so much more exciting. Just anytime I see blue and white or blue and, like, gold, whatever that yeah. color it, champagne, blue and tan, yeah. um, from, like, the 2000, like, 17, 18 – Era 19, I mean, don't even talk about 16, 2016, 15 uh, yeah, failures. Yeah, but uh, south, it's worse. <laughs> just like, it's so much better. Even when the Padres are doing bad right now, it's because we expect them to be better. When yeah. they were doing worse on this a few years ago, it was just like, yeah, whatever, it's the Padres. It's yeah. They do. So, we'll get them next year. <laughs> uh, I'd rather be complaining than just, than just accepting it for what it is, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And that's something that I think the team, even though, like you said, the expectations are high, there is a will and a desire to do well and to actually win versus just be investors in a team to make you money and 
not invest in your team. Yeah. So it's no, it's it's good to see. We'll 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 pick up the slack here for sure. I think I got I got hope still in the year coming forward. But oh yeah, me too. I don't know if it's delusion or what, but that eh, could be. You know, I can't but, turn away hey. from the from the brown yeah. and gold, dude. You know, it's like I think uh, just something about the brown and gold, and it hit in twenty twenty was the first season. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a weird season, but yeah, know, playoffs and it was like a separation from the previous era and blue. I think I have internal, you know, trauma from uh, yeah. Uh, when I see blue and white, when I see the blue alternate with the white SD, I'm like, oh no, oh, gosh, you know, yeah. and suck uh, again. <laughs> I think it's just. It's weird. And no offense to anybody wears it. I still have all my blue Padres jersey, but uh jerseys. But um yeah, it, it feels good. So um, yeah, it's just an identity of like growth and rounding the corner here as a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> We're so getting I serious. Think, like, what you said, they'll they'll turn it around and at the at the you know, at the very end of the day, if if we do miss the playoffs this season, at least we were competitive all year and we had the opportunity rather than knowing you're gonna lose, you know, 90 games. Yeah, there is an expectation versus like a slimmer of hope. So I'm I'm all for that going forward. And, you know, more often than not, if you invest in a team like we have, then good things are going to happen. And there's still a lot of a lot of season to go. So totally. before we before we wrap up here, I do want to just um, I know I had these three shout outs on our last pod. The quality was a little bit off. I didn't plug in my Ethernet cord. <laughs> so um, just kept the same ones for this one. But uh, just trying to get back to in the the shout outs for each episode i know really appreciate especially on our on our twitter channel if you want to call it that um twitter handle twitter whatever uh really appreciate all the uh interaction and and whatnot here but uh at will holder nine uh specifically shouting out will holder because he has a coffee company called uh visitor coffee company um it might be called just visitor coffee so apologies if i if i butchered that but he hand dropped it off. I ordered some coffee from him. Uh, they're they're based out of um, you know down in uh, Chula Vista area, and you can order online from their shop. Their coffee was fantastic. I think I've had it for about two weeks, and the bag is pretty much gone. Uh, so go check out their their shop, Visitor uh, Coffee, and uh, they have a not on Twitter on Instagram. They have a pretty big following. Uh, Joe Musgrove follows them on Instagram, so that's when you know you've made it made it big time so they've been around that's for a couple right. years especially really in the good coffee stuff world up. right yeah yeah exactly if <laughs> if joe likes it then it's some damn good coffee that's all you don't right, need to dude. say anything else so um and then cassidy at madre 858 she has been fantastic from day one on twitter especially so appreciate it cassidy uh keep up <laughs> keep up all the all the interaction the tweets i, I love uh, seeing all your stuff on there and then cameron at cameron fm smith seven have also been pretty much like the first to like like even anything stupid we say so i really appreciate that so thanks cam but uh yeah garrick anything anything you want to plug you know business wise or shout out anything or whatever before we get get wrapped up here officially um i will say that um Blink-182 is the best band to ever walk the face of the earth. And um, <laughs> if you want to come argue with that, argue that with me or talk about the Padres. Um, yeah. I have a barbershop in Poway called Pappy's barbershop and we're, we're all down to uh, talk Padres baseball. So um, 
I guess is that bad? I'm plugging uh, my own stuff, but no, not at this all. is your okay. podcast, so no, that's the whole point. That's yeah, you can do that. I mean, he Gary's not on Twitter, so no, no. Uh, well, you are, but not really. Um, yeah, so no like Twitter it. handle to to follow. Um, so yeah, no, that's all. And like I said, I've been going for seven, eight years now, so which is absolutely insane. Shout out Lockie for uh, giving me your your business card Dude, there. At the I beginning. forgot about him. Yeah yeah thunder from down under up if you if you yeah. talk to him yeah i need to hit him um, up actually no but. dude i don't have anything else to say except for i hope the a's stay in oakland and um like it. thank you papa seidler for <laughs> giving us something Caring. to talk about this season <laughs> yeah <Heck> yeah <laughs> sounds good yeah well thanks for for popping on gary really appreciate it uh yeah, we'll have you, for, have you have uh, you all the years of support yeah no worries dude Peace, y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Podfathers, a Slam Diego Padres podcast. The Podfathers is produced by Lowson Walls and is executively produced by Jacob Lamb. Our theme song is A Bubba by Trilock. To get in touch with the show, follow us on Twitter at Podfathers619. That is at P-A-D-F-A-T-H-E-R-S 619. Or email us at podfathers at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major audio platforms. Go Pods!